0: I had an experience yesterday, uh, as I was waking up, (sighs) I'm so glad I don't have to do this by myself, thank you Jesus, I don't know, maybe it was like about, what year is this, I don't even know, (laughs) 2021, it was probably maybe 10 years ago. I have to look in my journal I don't I haven't quite gotten to that same flow as Dad Hagan had where he was like, you know, it was September September the 2nd 1950 it was on a Tuesday. Do you remember that? Okay. This scripture so you can know so much about God. What he does, how he thinks, what he likes, what he dislikes. And a lot of people, even in a lot of areas, we know about him. But he never intended that that would be the top or the cap. Actually, he wanted us to know him. Well, that's not like saying you know your congressman or your senator or uh, uh, the person who uh, does dry cleaning that you take your dry cleaning to or the gas station attendant or whatever you kind of do wherever places you frequent. No, this is a, like Amplified says, a deep and intimate knowledge of him. He wants us to know him that way. Well, man is a spirit well, really, man, a uh, better way to say it is, man is a three-part being. We have three parts. Not everybody recognizes all the parts, but we actually have three parts. And what you see on the outside, that is not my spirit. This is my flesh. And the, the thoughts that I have, or the maybe a better way to say it, is the reasonings that I have, or my reasoning ability. That's in the soulish realm. My emotions are in the soul realm. Some people get confused because they are like so many souls saved or, you know, when I learned to fly there, you had to say how many souls are on board. Well, I guess there were that many souls on board, but really you're talking about the Bible when it talks about being born again. It really is talking about your spirit, which is the core of who you are. It's who you really are. And uh, the older I get, the more I realize that. Because my body is changing. And as a young person, my body was changing too as I was growing and getting larger. But uh, when you start to age, you see the aging process. You realize, you know, I don't feel the age that I am. And uh, in some cases, I don't look the age I am because some people have uh, misjudged me for younger, so thank you. <laughs> I am 45. I'll be 46 this year. And, um, but I feel like I'm 23. <laughs> so the outward man, Paul says, perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. The outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. And so when the Lord speaks, when God himself speaks, he speaks to your spirit or your heart. Now, I don't have time to get into this in depth, but I'll just mention this. Uh, because somebody told me a few years ago when I said, you know, heart your heart, respond from your heart. Sometimes the world has defined that as your emotions or your fleshly desires or your mental reasonings. This is not what the Bible is talking about. The Bible is talking about the spirit of a man, the spirit of a woman, the real you. And uh, when you're born again, uh, then that spirit is a safe guide because you're a brand new creature that has never existed before. You've been totally recreated on the inside, and uh, if you live unconscious of that, it'll actually uh, can affect your outside as far as uh, sickness, disease, and many other things, Uh, but uh, the death is the last enemy of the physical body that will be put underfoot, so if Jesus kind of waits and doesn't come, uh, and you grow older and older and older, you should grow older and older and older Healthy, full of vigor, full of life, but your body is still going to grow older and you're going to die and go to heaven if Jesus doesn't come back before that. So about 10, 15 years ago, I was... uh, um, Well, for many years, the Lord has woke me up in the mornings or when I woke up in the morning, I was... The reality... Of the Lord and um, his word uh, sometimes it's like touchable it's like tangible <laughs> like you could eat it you know so this scripture actually uh, just was there 10-15 years ago and it's Isaiah chapter 50 verse 4 and the scripture was in the English Standard Version it's amazing how the Lord can speak different languages mm-hmm. and even give you different translations says, the Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with a word, wow, him who is weary. You just need one word from heaven. You just need one word from God. You just need him to show you one thing. It'll change your day, it'll change your month, it'll change your year, and it'll change your life. Morning by morning, he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as him who is taught. Some translation says, He awakens my ear to hear as a King James says, a learner. Another translation says, as a disciple. Another one, as an imitator. Morning by morning, he awakens my ear to hear. I love that because Roman 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or the rhema of God, Greek says. But it comes by hearing and what? Attentively listening. So just because something goes into your ear, registers on your brain, does not mean that you heard it. So he said, morning by morning, he awakens my ear to hear as him who is taught. Man, that would be a great prayer to pray. Morning by morning, he awakens my ear to hear as him who is taught. Well then, what's the first half of the verse? That what you speak, that you speak as one who has been taught by God, that you have spent time with Him. So uh, you, there's a lot of things that you can know about God, but when you know Him, Paul actually, towards the end of his life on the earth, he said, My determined purpose this man who had been given the abundance of revelations, or bunch of revelation, like a bunch of revelation. He said, my determined purpose is that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings and to be made conformable unto his death. first part of that just makes you want to jump and shout. The other part, if you don't pay real close attention to what the Spirit of God is saying, you're like, eh, I'll just quote part A, not part B. There is so much life in dying that you give up the pull of the flesh that so many times uh, appears so urgent and so necessary and so valuable. Jesus said if you want to find your life first you have to lose it. I love it when people speak by the Spirit of God. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He wasn't here alone. Do you know his ministry did not begin until the Spirit, God's Spirit, came upon him? Actually, actually, the Word of God teaches us or tells us that after John baptized Jesus in the Jordan River, that the heavens split open and the spirit of God came down in the form of a dove and came upon Christ from that moment his life and ministry were spirit directed and spirit anointed and he had the equipment equipping of God's own spirit Well, you know, like, our life is never meant to be lived, uh, the life of a believer is never meant to be lived uh, apart from God. And he didn't equip us any less than what he equipped his son, Jesus Christ. In other words, he didn't say, okay, I'm going to give Jesus Christ the Holy Spirit. But you're going to get the almost Holy Spirit. We have the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The Bible says that Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of God. Another writer said it was by the Spirit of God. You know, the Holy Spirit is the glory of God. When He shows up, the glory shows up. So, to yesterday... So I was waking up, and now as I was waking up, wow, I just heard these words. Through the Holy Spirit, you get to know Him, and I'll add that is Jesus. Because when the Lord's talking to you, you know, it's like having a conversation. You kind of have the inside scoop. You know what you're thinking and everything like that. You get to know him personally and intimately. Other ways, you just know about him. The way that you know Jesus personally and intimately is by his spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Now, let me give you a, a scripture here. We're going to go to uh, 2 Corinthians. Uh, chapter, excuse me, First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine through fourteen. I has not seen, nor ear heard. You know he. You notice the Spirit of God through Paul didn't say like, um, the heart hasn't heard. He's talking natural sense sense world. You know you get most of your information from the senses. Uh, unless you're a person who feeds on the word and prays in the Holy Spirit and prays in the word from the word, uh, then you're to get you have another avenue or another line of communication. But what you learn naturally speaking, like what little kids learn as they're growing up and uh, from the natural world, is uh, from the realm of the senses. He says, "As it is written, eye has not seen, and nor ear heard." Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. (laughs) Think of the things. Think of the... um, Okay, let's just talk about God for a second. He is omniscient. That means he knows everything, right? He is omnipresent. That means he is always present everywhere of Psalm 139. I can go up to the highest mountain. I can go down to the depths of hell and even there your soul, your, you shall lead me and guide me, right? It doesn't matter where you go. The devil doesn't want you to know that. He doesn't want you to believe that, but it's true. There's a lot. He, he doesn't have uh, truth in him. So basically he lies. And he is the author or the father or the giver of lies and deception. I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Well if you go to, uh, uh, like, what is he talking about? Do you know he's actually quoting from Isaiah chapter 64? Isaiah 64, verse 4, but I'm going to give you a little context. Verse 1 says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and that you would come down. Do you know when Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan? uh, Look in the margin of your Bible. It actually says that you would rend the heavens or that they were cloven. And cloven means divide and split. Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might flow at your presence. As when the melting fire burns and the fire causes the waters to boil. Well, in other words, let's pause for just a second. About God. There is nothing natural that can withstand the power of just his presence. If there's water, it's going to boil. If there's the rocky mountains, they will melt. Melt. Where's my Rocky Mountain people? (laughs) As when the melting fire burns, the fire causes the waters to boil, to make known your name to your adversaries that the nations may tremble at your presence. That means the nations doesn't mean like the United States and... uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan and Mexico and Canada and Brazil. That means the people groups. Every group of people who who think that they're so wise. To make your name known to your adversaries. Okay, so God can make his his name known to all of his adversaries. And he's getting ready to do that in ways that the world has never seen. that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did terrible things which we look not for, you came down, the mountains flowed at your presence. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither has the eye seen, O God, beside you, what you prepared for him that waits on you. You meet him that rejoices and works righteousness. Those that remember your ways. Skip down to verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are a father and we are the clay and you are our potter. And we all are the work of your hand. Well, what is this? Well, God opened the heavens and the Spirit, His Spirit came down upon Christ and empowered Christ and enabled Christ and worked with Christ. What happens now? I has not seen, back to First Corinthians 2, uh, nor... Ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all the things. Yes, the deep things of God. Some people are afraid of the deep things of God. I'm not. Well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, sometimes you get into uh, the, the unveiling of some of these things of God and you can't even speak. Uh, and you're in awe. So, I mean, uh, God is a fearful God. I don't mean like fearful like he's going to smack you out. No, his love is fearful. The amount of care, the amount of protection, the amount of provision, the... the, 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 the um, the length of his plan and the details of his plans for your life, that is fearful. That is heavy. That is glory. If you only knew, if you only knew how God thinks about you, when he looks at you, his thoughts about you, When he looks at someone else, his thoughts about them. If you only knew that, what if you could know those things? You can, if you know him. How do you know him? Well, I got to finish this scripture so I can get to the other main one. Okay. Uh, Verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of the man which is in him. Proverbs 20:27, 20, "The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly." What does that mean? Sometimes, have you ever had okay, you haven't. Let's just pretend like, pretend like you haven't. I have been like, is that my mind or my soul or my flesh or my spirit? Well, the word of God's the only thing that can divide that for you. Hebrews tells us that. But the spirit of man, your spirit, is the candle of the Lord. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, the thoughts and intents of the heart, the deepest part of who you are, God's going to speak to you uh, by your spirit. He's going to speak to your spirit. And when he speaks to your spirit, if you look to that place on the inside of you, there'll be a witness. And you'll know, yes, this is God. Actually, what's Romans chapter 8 say? The Spirit Himself, that is God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Well, if you are a child of God, and to be a child of God, you must be born again. You don't become a a son or a daughter of God because you are a good person, what the world considers a good person, which that definition is... Rapidly changing. So let me say, you don't become a child of God because you do what Bible-believing churches say are good things to do. You must be reborn. Jesus said you must be reborn. Nicodemus, a ruler of the law, was talking to Jesus and asking him about this. And Jesus responded to him, Nicodemus, you must be born again, or literally, you must be born from above. Well, Nicodemus, having eyes and ears, and and, and he can smell, and he can touch, and he can feel pain, he went to that, what do you call that? That source of information that he'd always gone to. He said, you mean I got to get back in my mother's womb? Jesus is like, no, 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 no. This is a This is an inward rebirth. It it is from heaven. You must be born from above. Without it, no man can see the kingdom of God. You you can't see the kingdom. Um, So, your spirit, for what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him. You know, you have things in your spirit that your wife doesn't know, that your husband doesn't know. Am I looking at the right person? Right? You have things in your spirit that your best friend doesn't know. God knows. Actually, you have things in your spirit that you don't even know. But the Spirit searches those things. In other words, you give yourself to your spirit, you look to the inside, and you'll find out things you had no idea of. Like, whoa, that's amazing. Thank you. Even so, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know. We have received the Spirit which is of God, that we might know. Not reason, not think, no, we know. I'm, like when the Spirit of God speaks to you, you know. Those words from heaven create a road of faith. So as you say, like, how, how, how do you know that? How do you know you're healed? You look the same. You sound the same. You smell the same. I, I don't know. I just know that I know. <laughs> Brother Hagin used to be so graphic about it. He'd like, you come. I don't care if they come and beat me to death with a baseball bat. I'll still say it's true. In other words, why? He was acquainted with his spirit. He knew. And when you, when you know in your spirit, you know that you know. Well, so you have, uh, you have in your heart thoughts and intents and motivations and passions and gifts and callings from God. But maybe the person sitting next to you doesn't, is not aware of those things. But God is aware of those things. But what about what God is passionate about? What about the very heart of God? He just said his own spirit came upon Paul to manifest these words so that we could grab hold of them. They are God's words. He said, the deep and intimate things of God, no man knows except for his own spirit. Just like the deep and intimate things of you and about you. The only way you can find those is you go to your spirit. Your mind's not going to tell you those things. Your flesh isn't going to tell you those things. Sometimes your mind, your flesh can confuse you. But your, your heart, your spirit knows those things, those very personal things. So just because I'm acquainted with someone does not mean that I know them. I'm going to get through this passage here. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Wait. Wait. So the Holy Spirit is going to show us things that God has given because He is good and because He is love, not because we earned them, not because we did something uh, to position ourselves like uh, as, as far as a work to be able to get them, uh, because He's good. Which things, verse 13, also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. The natural thinking man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The, the natural, uh, the man that puts natural things first in his life does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Well, don't be concerned whatsoever if you are born again because you have been created to live from your spirit first. That is the most normal, that is the most, um, if you call, I, I, I can't use the word natural because it's talking about natural in a different context, but that is the most um, You've been made like that. That's how you were created. When you're recreated in Christ Jesus, you're created for good works. Actually, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. This is going to take more than one week, Lord. How do we do this? One word from God. Just one word from God. You can chew on your entire life, earth life. I don't know about the heavenly life, but I'm assuming it's the same. Like the, the, the revelations that you have gotten here, you're going to take to heaven and you'll still be amazed in heaven. Mm. We're not talking about a natural human being. Well, I saw what you can do. No, you have not seen what God can do. You've seen some portions of it. You've experienced, hopefully, personally, some portions of what God has done and can do. But you're going to spend all eternity knowing Him. And you ought to start right now. I've been in the South, I guess. Well, we're in the South, right? Barely. Okay. Okay. verse 14 but the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him well so if you ever hear something read something from the word or you hear someone speaking on behalf of God whether a minister full time or not but you know like in your heart whoa like you you ever notice like it's it's, like draws your attention you're like what was that That was different. That's not how normal people speak. That was a different... That came from another world. Those are words from heaven. And your spirit's attention is riveted to them because those words give give life to every situation. Just tell them they must be born again. (laughs) But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God... For they are foolishness to him. Tell them uh, they can come and dance with Jesus. (laughs) And they'll never have a partner like that. (laughs) For they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So you're not a, a natural man if you're born again, but you could live as a natural man. You're a supernatural man. Uh, you know, uh, Genesis says in the beginning God created man, male and female, he created them. Uh, ministering in the 21st century, sometimes you have to remind people what the Bible says. All right, that's the introduction. Hallelujah. John chapter 14. Now we'll get to the meat. John chapter 14. Somebody said John chapter 14, 15, 16, 17. was Christ's last opportunity to pour out his heart concerning man and his mission on the earth. And so you see revealed in here the last words and thoughts of Jesus Christ. Yeah, sure, there's he comes back, raises from the dead. There's a few other things he said. But this is some of the, the main thing that he's talking about. He, he, he's like, you know, they're, they're uh, the disciples I mean, they said, no one ever spoke like this. There was not a man that ever spoke like this because you speak as one with authority. In other words, you speak like someone that knows what they're talking about because you have personally experienced this. Was it Peter said? Those things that we have seen and heard and handled of the word of life, this is what we're telling you. Every person is a minister, every believer should be a minister for God. But the main thing you should minister is what you have personally experienced, which is called your testimony, which is not just how you were born again uh, the moment that you received him. It would include that. But you have a testimony if you are a child of God. You should have a daily testimony. You should have a weekly testimony. And that is anointed. And that has power. So you don't have to like, well, I study this and study that. Well, you ought to feed on the Word and get into the presence of God through prayer because uh, we are all changed from one glory to the next glory by the Spirit of God. And and you start to uh, receive the things of God, uh, you'll have life that's perceptible to you And to others, like your mind never dreamed possible. You'll have a stability in the midst of shaky times and shaky situations that baffles your own mind and reasoning. But you will know whose you are. That he is able to keep what you have committed to him against that day. I know whom I have believed and I know that he is able. I might not know every detail of this natural situation. I might not know uh, how he's going to do it, but I know him. He is not a liar. He is not weak. He is not insensitive. I mean, Christ came and he came in the flesh of one of us. And he experienced those temptations, those physical weaknesses. And he wasn't indifferent to them. He was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Why? Because the Bible says you're going to have those so that he can sucker those who experience the same things. He can, he, can, he can nurture you, strengthen you, feed you, protect you. In the midst of those situations, he knows. Someone knows what you've been through. Someone knows how that affected you to the core of your being. And that same someone delivered you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You guys have lots of tabs open on your devices. I did my phone this morning and my Bible app on the phone, and I had 92 tabs open. Uh, Okay, we'll do that in just a second. Thank you, Jesus. John chapter 14. Verse 20. Oh, we're going to have to finish with this. John chapter 14, verse 20. So many. Uh, I'm going to read two other passages first, and I'll go back to that. You don't have to turn to them, but you can write them down if you want. John 15, 26 and 27, and then 16, 12 through 16. Uh, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning, speaking to his disciples. Chapter 16, verse 12. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, or however, but when the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of himself, but whatever he, he will hear, that will he speak. Hey, Dave, can you come get ready? Uh, That will he speak, and he will show you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will receive of mine and shall show it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and show it to you. A little while, and you'll not see me. And again, a little while you will see me because I go to the Father. He's not talking about rising from the dead, limited to that. He's talking about once he raises from the dead and goes to the Father, the Holy Spirit can't come if I don't go, I can't send him. But he says, a little while, you will see me because I go to the Father. All right, verse 20 of chapter 14. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me. Here it is. And I am in you. So you can know about God Lots of things about God. You can know about Christ. Lots of things about Christ. But when you are born again, Christ himself comes to live on the inside of you by his spirit, by the most intimate, secret parts of himself. So, so you know, the disciples are like, you need to stop talking like this. Nobody ever spoke like you. And when you speak, things happen. It's like you have authority even over natural things. The, 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 the educated people always spoke, but nothing ever happened. But when you speak, something burns within me. Do you remember on the road to Emmaus the disciples are walking Jesus shows up but they didn't recognize him Do you remember that? They didn't recognize him But you remember what happened after he went away How many times does this happen when the spirit of God spoke to you in your own spirit and you didn't recognize him but after he spoke you said Melody Didn't didn't our hearts burn within us? (laughs) Wasn't it the same as when he was here except for (sighs) I didn't recognize him physically? They they said, the disciples said, we used to know him after the flesh, but we don't know him this way anymore. He has come to live inside of the believer. Jesus Christ If you're a believer, He lives in you. You cannot be any closer to Him than you are to His Spirit because He lives in the person of His Spirit on the inside of every believer. The more you give yourself to the Spirit of God, the more you will know Jesus. Jesus even said, when He has come, He will not speak of Himself. He's not here to talk about himself, but whatever he hears, that shall he speak. Do you see Jesus, we're going to go to it, I guess, I don't know when we're going to do it, but. Jesus, he's talking about God is in me, and I am in him. And now, you're in me, and I'm in you, and I'm in him, and he's in you. Like, this is, the, this is the divine plan. That God would come down, and he would live on the inside of you. Can you see why this is so much better? Because the, the thoughts of God... And the attitudes of God, the thoughts of Christ and the attitudes of Christ and the plans of Christ now are in you. They're for you to discover or yield to or listen to. If you abide in me, if you live in Christ who is living in you, You'll know him better than if he were right here beside you. Why? The disciples are always like, Jesus, What? Well, explain that to us. Why did you do that? Do you know I ask the Lord that sometimes? He does not answer from out here. He answers from in here. From inside. Where I'm united to him. Where I become one spirit with him. Stand with me if you would. Jesus, in John chapter 17, verse 20, said, he's praying for the disciples. He says, I'm praying for these, but neither do I pray for these alone, but for them also which will believe on me through their word. Who is that? That's me. And that's you. That's you. That they all... That they all may be one. You saw me do all this, Jesus said. I didn't do anything of myself. The works that you see me do... I saw the Father do. I heard the Father say. I didn't come to do my own will. I came to do His will. I came to reveal the Father. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. How was God in Jesus Christ? They were one. That they may also be one in us. That the world may believe that you have sent me. And the glory, see I didn't stop talking about the glory. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah that they may be one even as we are one I in them and you in me that they may be perfect in one that the world may know that you have sent me and that you have loved them as you love me hallelujah hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord Psalm chapter 18, verse 6 says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him even into his ears. In my distress, I called out to God. Maybe you have a secret this morning. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior. Maybe inwardly you're in distress. You don't know what to do. The Bible says, call out to God and he will hear you. The greatest act of faith is to turn to God. And you can turn to God we're going to pray in just a minute for those that would like to receive Jesus Christ and it is not my prayer or someone else's prayer that will save you and that will recreate you it is your own heart's cry to God that you believe that Jesus Christ is not only his son but he God raised him from the dead for you. That you don't approach God, you don't come to him, you can't become a part of his family because of all of the good things that you have done. But because all the good things that Jesus did, it's based on him and his work and his love that you come to him. There's a missionary... Uh, down in the South Pacific to some islanders that had never been reached. They were cannibals. He moved there with his family. His wife ended up passing away and then like uh, five weeks later his son passed away, newborn son passed away. But he's still there ministering to them. He, he had to learn the language himself. No one had ever reached them. So he's finding these words and he gets to, wants to teach them about faith and he's trying to figure out how can I describe faith? How can I tell them faith? And he's he's studying, trying to figure out, trying to find words and one of the villagers was with him one day. He's in there. Yeah, bring that. He's in there and he's sitting at his desk on the chair. And he says to the villager, he says, what does it mean, like I'm sitting here, but what does it mean if I put my whole, like this, up? This chair is holding me up, all that I am. He said, well in our language that means to put your whole weight over on that chair. He said, that's faith. Just lean your entire life over on Jesus and turn to him and trust him. Turn yourself completely over to him. He will lift you up. He will pick you up. He will help you. So if you've never received Jesus Christ, or if you have, but I don't know, the devil deceived you, pulled you, back into the things of the world system and the thoughts of the world the ways of the world and you know that you need to come back today I want you right now to make a decision in your heart and what you're saying with your decision is that I'm not going to live for myself anymore I'm going to throw my whole weight over on Jesus I'm going to give my whole self over to Jesus You don't have to worry about like, well, I'm going to repent of all of this and do all of that because if you are turning to Jesus, you are turning away from those things by turning to Jesus. You can't like hold on to those things and hold on to Jesus because do I look like I'm being crucified? Right? So Jesus was crucified. So you have to release those other things and you turn to Jesus and let him hold you up. Let him support you. Trust in him. Romans chapter 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raises him from the dead and declare that with your mouth that you will be saved. With the heart you believe and with the mouth you make confession unto. In other words, you have to believe in your heart and you say with your mouth what you believe in your heart. I'm going to pray in just a few seconds and when I do, if you pray with me from your heart, what you're saying is, I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe Jesus Christ is the way. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I'm not turning any other direction but to him. I'm turning to him. Let's pray. God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And that what he did on the cross when he gave his life, he did it for me. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I turn my whole life over to you. And I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord, as my Savior. I believe you raised him from the dead. I believe you made me right with you thank you that I am now your child I'm part of your family that you provide for me that you protect me that you help me fill me with your spirit thank you for healing my body and forgiving my sins in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is like we're happy here and there is even more happiness in heaven for every one of you that just prayed that prayer. Uh, we would love to get your name so that we can get you some materials and uh, help you get started in your walk with God. Get, you, uh, get your name so we can pray with you uh, and for you. Just fill out the form. Uh, I think you have to hit raise your hand or something on, online there. And you can get a form to fill out or you can send us an email uh, to info at anchordc.org. And uh, we would be so thrilled uh, to connect with you and uh, to learn what, what else God's doing in your life. God bless you. Thank you so much for praying the prayer.